Good morning, church. Um, before we begin, I feel I need to address the sweater. Yes, it is handmade. Yes, this is a nativity scene with Santa Claus as one of the wise men. Uh, my wife is very, very into Christmas, and so while I'm more on the Grinch end of the spectrum, I, uh, I partake for for my family. Now to make probably the, the most difficult and awkward transition I've ever made in a sermon. How many of us were in New York during Hurricane Sandy? Most of us. If you were here for it, some you never forget. Um, I remember we had had a tropical storm like two weeks before that they got us all panicked about and it missed us. And then Sandy came, and I remember the sentiment being, is what they said last time, we don't have to worry. Uh, but Sandy didn't miss us. Sandy hit us head on, um, and there was wild amounts of destruction and uh, chaos. I remember I got my power back before my mother-in-law. Uh, so me and my wife drove to the Lower East Side to pick her up and bring her to Staten Island. Um, and you know that part of the BQE that kind of like, bows around right before the Brooklyn Bridge and you get that incredible view of the city, right? One of the best views in Brooklyn. Uh, I remember driving around it and it was pitch black. And I'd never seen it dark. It's just never been dark. It probably will never be dark again, but it was such a wild, it felt like, like a scene out of I Am Legend. Um, driving around Staten Island the day after the hurricane, I went down to, to where the beach is at just to kind of get a sense of, of, of what what went on, what was happening. Um, I saw ice cream trucks in people's front lawns on their porches. Saw giant shipping containers just in the middle of, of, of random side streets. Um, nowhere, anywhere near water was left untouched, right? But one of the wildest things that I saw was that uh, while everybody's houses were flooded, I noticed that a few houses were just completely moved. Like you could tell these houses started here and after the hurricane, they were down the block over here. And what I learned was that some of the houses that were built on, on the, the beachfront in Staten Island weren't built with foundations for whatever reason, whether they couldn't because the type of land or they were just trying to cut corners or, um, but only some of those houses had foundations. And so the houses that had those foundations stood in place and they were flooded and they were destroyed uh, and there was a ton of work that needed to be done, but the houses were still there. In contrast to the houses that didn't have foundations were completely moved and shifted in a way that houses are not supposed to be moved uh, and they were, they were gone. There was no rescuing those houses. There was no restoring them. Those houses were a total loss um, and they couldn't, they couldn't be rebuilt in the same way. Right? And in today's uh, passage, as Jesus closes this sermon on the plain, he tells us that our lives can be just like these houses during Hurricane Sandy. That our lives can be lives built on a solid and firm foundation that can withstand storms, or that our lives can be built on weak or no foundations and be destroyed when the storm comes. And today, Jesus is inviting us to examine what our foundations truly are. 
And so with that said, let's get into uh, the scripture. Read with me from Luke 6, 46 through 49. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the depth of riches and truth and goodness that we find in it. We pray that you would make our hearts be good soil to receive the seed of your word today, that it would uh, be planted deep within us, that it would uh, grow and flourish and produce the fruit, Lord, that you intended to today. Amen. It's amazing. And so Jesus gives us this powerful analogy, this really big, strong picture of people building a house to illustrate the ways that we can build our lives. And what he says is that you can build your life with no foundation and have it eventually crumble, or you can build it with a solid foundation that will stand the test of time no matter what storms come. And so today we're going to spend some time talking about what it looks like to build a life with each of these foundations. And the first that we're going to talk about is building your life on a weak foundation. See, in Matthew, uh, in this, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells the same parable, right? But he describes there the difference between building your house on a rock versus building your house on sand. And that always amazed me, because who in the world would build their house on sand? Right? Like, you can't even walk on, stand, on, on sand. Sand has no solid surface. It shifts when the wind blows. You know, the, it, it can't hold any type of weight seriously. And so I always looked at that imagery and, and said, well, one person was completely ridiculous and did a wildly dumb thing. And the other person just built a house the way you're supposed to build a house. And it seemed very black and white and very clear cut. But the truth is that the sand Jesus is talking about isn't the sand that we think of, right? This, this man who built his house on the sand didn't go build his house uh, on Rockaway Beach. And then was like, oh, man, why'd this house crumble? It was on sand. Like, that's not, that's not what happened. The type of sand that Jesus is referring to uh, is... is the sand in the Middle East, right? And what would happen was the sand would get so densely packed that it would feel like solid pavement. It would feel like you were walking on the sidewalk outside. It would feel like concrete. And so the man who built on the sand wasn't just being ridiculously lazy. It wasn't that he just had no idea how to build a house and never heard of a foundation. He was deceived. He thought that the surface he was building on was strong enough to hold his house. 
he thought that it was a good enough foundation to build on. And that's a completely different story. When we put it that way, I'm able to look at my life and see all of the ways that I make the same exact mistake that the man who built his house on the sand made. I'm able to see all of the ways, all of the false foundations that I've tried to put underneath my life to hold it up. When I get all of my security from the amount of money I have in the bank, I'm building my life on sinking sand. When I get all of my value from other people's opinions of me, I'm building my life on sinking sand. When I derive my worth from the possessions I have and the things and the titles and positions I can acquire, I'm building my life on sinking sand. And it's tricky. It's tricky because these things feel firm. They feel solid. All of our logic and culture and everything we see tells us that these are solid things, that these are things that are good to pursue, good to acquire, good to build a life upon. But Jesus says when the storm comes, the ruin of those houses built on those foundations will be great. In other words, it will be utter destruction. So these foundations might be enough to hold you for a little while. They might feel secure for a certain amount of time. But Jesus says the storm will come, and when it does, your life will not stand a chance if it's built on these things. And so if your security is built on the money you have, well, then the day that you lose your job, the destruction of that house will be great. If your value comes only from others' opinions of you, well, then the moment you lose a relationship, the ruin of that house will be great. If your worth comes from titles and positions and, and material things, well, the moment you experience any type of loss of those, then the ruin of that house will be great. Jesus is telling us that any house built on these foundations will crumble and be destroyed. It's only a matter of time. The storm will come, and when it comes, it will test the foundation that you've built your life upon. But there's a better way for us to build. Jesus says there's a better foundation for us to have. There's a foundation that doesn't just seem solid, it is solid. It doesn't just seem like it'll hold up your life, it will hold up your life. And what does he tell us? He says, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house 
who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And so Jesus gives us three steps here to a solid foundation. And the first two are extremely easy, very straightforward. He says to come and to hear. Anyone who comes to me and hears my word. And if you're in this room today, you can check off both of those boxes. You've come, and right now you're hearing. You've done two out of the three steps. And if you're being honest with yourself, it didn't take a huge commitment. You didn't have to make any, any massive decisions to get here today. You didn't have to commit to this radical life change to come and to hear. All you needed was an alarm clock and a Metro card. To come and to hear the first two steps of building your house, of building your life on a solid foundation are very easy, and we've all done it today. But Jesus is clear that on their own, to come and to hear are not enough. If you stop at coming and hearing, then Jesus would say that you've never known him, that you don't know him at all. If you only come and hear, Jesus would say that you are building your life as a house without a foundation and that you're doomed for destruction. You must complete the cycle by doing what you hear. The third piece is the most important. The third piece is what actually sets us apart from the people building their lives on sand. It's to do what you hear. Now, there's a big difference between hearing and doing, right? We all know this. My wife loves DIY stuff. And between YouTube, TikTok, and Pinterest, we can all feel like DIY experts. In 25 minutes, any of us can learn how to do any type of DIY project. You could build a bench. You could stain your door, right? It's very easy to, to find this type of information. Now, just last week, my wife agreed to help uh, Adelina and Aaron hang a curtain rod. And it was a curved curtain rod because the walls are, you know, those kind of like bay window kind of walls. We'd never hung a curtain rod like this, but she volunteered us to do it because theoretically, she knows how to hang a curtain, and that's true. At the end of the day, we got the curtain hung. After trips to the hardware store, using an Ikea drill that was not strong enough to get through those, the, 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 the wooden window frames. <laughs> I'm sorry, Adelina, it wasn't a good drill. It was very difficult to use. And so we got it done, but it took about six hours. We had to take a, a dinner break in between putting this. We didn't do curtains for the whole house. We did one curtain. We did one set of windows, and it took like six and a half hours. Why? Because what we knew theoretically was much more difficult than what it came time for us to do, right? Hearing, knowing is much different than doing. If you're watching football right now, 
either variety It's easy for us to sit and yell at the screen and criticize the players and talk about how bad that play was or how terrible they're playing or how they should have done this to get the goal or how they should have done that to to block the pass. But if any of us got on that field, we'd last about 14 seconds because knowing is much different than doing. And Jesus is saying, coming and hearing, just knowing is not enough, but you need to also do what I say. James 1 says it this way. He says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Just like the man who was building his house on the sand, who was deceived into thinking that was a good enough foundation. If we only come and hear, we are deceiving ourselves into thinking that we're building our lives with the solid foundation that Jesus is offering. See, true discipleship is a continual habit of coming to Jesus, hearing his word and doing it over and over and over again in perpetuity for all of our lives on this earth until we see him in glory. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to build your your life on a solid foundation. This is what Jesus is calling us to do because he doesn't want us to be deceived. He doesn't want us to think we have firm foundations and eventually crumble. He wants us to build on these firm foundations, and this is how we do it, to come, to hear, and to do his word. And that sounds great, but the truth of it is that none of us will be able to get there. None of us will be able to get to the place where we can 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt, no question from sunup to sundown are always doers of his word. The best intentioned and most disciplined Christian will never reach the perfection required to make that claim. And so on our own, we have no ability to build this foundation On our own, we will always make missteps in our building. We will always have moments and times where we're deceived and we decide to use something else as a foundation that's actually sinking sand. So what does that mean for us? Well, the good news about what Jesus is telling us here is that the reason the house doesn't crumble isn't because of your good works. The reason the house doesn't crumble isn't because of how good you were a doer of his word. The house doesn't crumble because Jesus is the cornerstone. What does that mean? Cornerstone isn't isn't something that, that is used often today. Right? The way we build houses today is very different than the way they built houses during Jesus' time. So what is a cornerstone? 
The cornerstone is the first brick in a foundation. It is the first brick that you lay in building a foundation is known as the cornerstone. And it is the most important brick that you're going to lay in that entire house. If your cornerstone is misplaced, if your cornerstone is too weak, if your cornerstone is faulty, it will damage the integrity of the entire house, no matter how strong the rest of the bricks are. What's most important is the cornerstone of your foundation. Isaiah 28, 16 says this of Jesus. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone. Listen to this. Safe to build on. Whoever believes need not be shaken. And so the key to this life with the firm foundation is Jesus as the cornerstone. Jesus is the first brick in the foundation of our lives. And when we believe in him, when we trust in him, when we build our lives upon him and him alone, upon his work and his work alone, we will never be shaken. And then what happens is, Obedience to him, being doers of the word, is how we build on top of that and create this firm foundation. And so these things go hand in hand. Without the work of Jesus, without the cross of Christ, our good works would never, ever be sufficient, no matter how good they were, no matter how good we listened, no matter how good we did, no matter how many boxes we checked off. Without the cross of Christ, without the blood of Jesus, without his sacrifice, without the perfect life that he lived and the death that he died, without his resurrection, we could never have a firm foundation. But in the other hand, we hold this call to, that Jesus gives us to be doers of his word. And when we hold both of these things well, we can build a life that has a firm foundation. We can build a life that's not going to crumble when the storms come. And to be clear, this storm covers the storms of this life that we face and experience. It covers persecution. It covers trials. It covers testing. It covers all of these things. But there's also a bigger storm coming that we need our foundation to withhold. There's a bigger flood coming, like the flood of the days of Noah. It's the flood of God's judgment. See, eternity is very much in mind here when Jesus is speaking of this firm foundation. When he speaks of it in Matthew, right before this, he speaks of the people who, who come to him and say, Lord, Lord, we did so many good works in your name. And Jesus tells them, I never knew you. Jesus has eternity, has, has our souls very much in mind here. And so the only way that we can stand to the trials of this life 
And the only way that we can stand through God's judgment is with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone. And us being doers of the word out of obedience to him because we know he saved us. See, when your life is built on doing his word with Jesus as the cornerstone, then no no storm, no flood, no hurricane, no tornado, nothing will be able to shake it. Not now and not for eternity. And so if I lose my job, I don't need to worry or be anxious because my job isn't my foundation. And if I lose a relationship or or I'm having a a tough time in a relationship, I don't need to isolate in depression because that's not my foundation. And if I don't have the material things I want or the positions and titles that I want, then I don't need to plot and scheme to get them. Why? Because that's not my foundation. And when I fall short of God's standards... When I can't overcome my sin, I don't have to run and hide from God because I'm accepted and I'm loved and I'm cared for, forgiven in Jesus, who is the solid rock on which I stand, who is the cornerstone on which I build the foundation of my entire life. And so as we close and the band makes their way back up, Let's just take a few moments here. Take this opportunity to consider the type of foundation that we've been building our lives on. We just finished an entire series, multiple weeks, on this sermon from Jesus about what what it looks like to live life as his follower, about loving our enemies, about being merciful in judgment, about deprioritizing the riches and comforts of this life. Jesus just gave us a whole sermon, and this is his closing. He's saying, are you doers of the word, or are you hearers only, deceiving yourself? And so take a moment and take stock of your life. This is a word for us today. When Jesus preached this sermon, it wasn't to the masses. It was to his disciples. It was to the people who were with him already, the people who were following him. And he said, even in this state, you can be deceiving yourself. You can just be a hearer of the word. But today, beloved, he's calling us to examine our hearts, examine the foundations that we're building upon. He's inviting us to be doers of his word. Let's pray. Jesus, help me to go from just a hearer of your word to a doer. And it's not work I can do in my own strength. But because of your spirit in me, 
God, I ask that you would empower me, empower us to align our lives this way, to position our lives this way, to build our lives with you as the cornerstone and obedience to your word as the foundation. Lord, we repent for all the ways that we've heard and not done. Help us, Holy Spirit. Amen. As we worship, uh, we're going to have some leaders on the side. If you'd like prayer, uh, you, can, you can come over and we'd love to pray with you.